Hello, welcome to Cinemaniac Jack. I'm your host, Jack. Today's guest co-host is Toria. Hello. <laughs> um, so basically the gist of the show is that we talk about films that I love based on whatever the topic of the episode is. And in the first half of the show, I talk to my guest about whatever the topic is. So it's uh, Christmas month on Cinemaniac Jack, and today's topic is favorite Christmas animated film. And mine is Mickey's Christmas Carol. Uh, but first, uh, Toria is going to tell us some of her favorite animated Christmas films. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on again, Jack. And it's really fun to be on to talk about Christmas movies because they're just extra special, I think. Yeah. I feel like one of the first things I think about when I think of Christmas time is watching specific movies that you only watch at that time of year. Yeah. And watching with family and things like that. So. It's really fun to think about, especially with animated Christmas movies, like, oh, yeah, what were my favorite ones when I was a kid? And and I had to think for a minute, oh, what counts as animated? Um, mm-hmm. Because there's different, for instance, I really love, I really love the animated Rudolph film, but I wasn't sure, it, is it Claymation? Is it, it's not Claymation, it's like Feltmation? Stop motion, yes. I yeah, don't know what motion. the materials are, but... I, I was like, oh, yeah, that counts as animation, right? So, um, yeah, so mm-hmm. the animated Rudolph is definitely a classic that I love. Um, I love the look of that movie. I love the songs from that movie and the whole theme of, like, misfits finding each other and mm-hmm. um, friendship and figuring out that something that other people make fun of could actually be a great strength and um, that people could end up seeing that strength and embracing it. So I, I really love that one. Do you like Rudolph? Um, well, growing up, I liked it, but over the, over the years, I've, um, I haven't really liked it as much. Oh, uh, interesting. Can yeah. I, do you mind my asking? No, Why? I just, I don't know. I just find the character of Rudolph really annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, actually, there's I, a lot of annoying characters in it. There's a lot of annoying characters, yeah. did you say? Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, but do you want me to talk about other ones as well? Yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. um, so I also love, there's so many classics, but I also love A Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm-hmm. There's something about that. I mean, Charlie Brown is funny and um, it's sweet. And there's something about the scene where Linus gets on stage to tell them about the true meaning of Christmas. And it's actually like a religious moment because he he says, you know, for God so loved the world. that, But like he said, I, I think, right, um, he's quoting the Bible story. Mm-hmm. But there's just something so sweet about like, like how he like stands up this little boy, like standing on that stage. And then he like shuffles off and he's like, that's the meaning of Christmas, Charlie Brown. Yeah. And then there's the, just the, the beautiful music in that one. I think it's the music that um, I love the most, like the Christmas time is here, mm-hmm. like the choir of children singing. Um do they sing silent? I think they all like sing Silent Night, but just in ooze. Um, 
and of course the tree again it's kind of like just like with rudolph there's like that misfit mm. um in charlie brown you know there's the the little charlie brown christmas tree that they end up decorating and it looks really beautiful in the end um and and also just the instrumental music in that one by vince Guaraldi is mm-hmm is awesome i love listening to that music at christmas time so the music and the humor and the tree that's made you know like that everyone thinks is such a sad tree but then they make it beautiful for charlie brown which is so sweet and the moment of with linus which like i think i know for people they might have different relationships to um that kind of like religious moment but there's something sweet about it yeah uh, what do you think about Charlie Brown Christmas? Um, yeah, I mean it's it's Charlie Brown, so it's really it's Charlie Brown, so it's really cute. So, uh, I always just like I love the part where, you know, they're doing like that like the dance scene. Oh yes, yeah. I love that I always scene. I always like mimic that, but I just I find it so funny like how like they're just doing these like most like. Like, just, like, these, like, exaggerated, like, like, dance moves. So, like, it's always funny to, like, replicate them, like, in real life. Because you see, like, how ridiculous it would look if you actually did them. You are very good at doing the Charlie Brown dance moves. I feel like you should post on Instagram, like, a little video of yourself doing it. Because you're really good at that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I I also like um, in that movie, like, similar to what we'll talk about with the Mickey's Christmas Carol, there is also that theme of, like, what is Christmas really about and kind of talking about materialism and consumerism. And there's Mm -hmm. that funny, like, Lucy, uh, no, is it Lucy? The little girl who's, like, dictating her letter to Santa. Are you talking about the girl with the black hair? No, it's the girl. Are you talking about the blonde hair? Yeah, Sally. Is it Sally? I think, I think Sally's the blonde and Lucy's yeah. the uh, black-haired girl. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Sally dictating yeah. her Christmas. We're not that big Christmas. on uh, Charlie Brown, in case you're <laughs> wondering. <laughs> well, I mean, you probably more than I am. Yeah, so that's that's a classic one that makes me feel... I don't know. I like that uh, Charlie Brown is also usually like there's a little bit of darkness in it. Um, Mm -hmm. Like Charlie Brown's kind of ambivalent about Christmas and um, really feeling the spirit. And Lucy Um, comes in just to like ruin everything. Yeah. (laughs) More. Um, So anyway, that's a that's a classic that I love. And then I also love how the Grinch stole Christmas. Mm -hmm. The. Is that from the 60s, I think? I think so, the, yeah. The animated, the animated How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Not the Jim Carrey one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the animated, like, cartoon, um, that's a classic. I think that one also, I mean, it's funny. The animation is great. Cindy Lou Who is adorable. And I just love, again, the music of that one is really memorable and plays a really key role. Um, yeah, plays a key role in the actual plot when the Grinch hears them singing, even though he took away everything. So again, there's kind of like the true meaning of Christmas. It's mm-hmm. not about the things, right? It's not. It's about the people and their connection and 
that they have each other. Um, then I also love Pluto's Christmas tree. Do you remember this animated short? It's a short. I'm not it's, sure. Oh my gosh. It is. Uh, Mickey, I believe is trying to put up his tree and there are two chipmunks in the tree and they're like, oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. Pluto is freaking out. Mm-hmm. I used to love that as a kid. It's so funny yeah. and cute. Mm-hmm. There's like no dialogue really. It's like the two little mischievous chipmunks are in the tree. Pluto can see them, but I don't think Mickey can. And Mickey's mm-hmm. getting mad at Pluto from what I remember because he think because Pluto's like diving into the tree and stuff. So mm-hmm. Mickey is like getting mad at Pluto. Yeah. Um, this is one I really want to rewatch because it's just really cute. Um, but I, I think if I remember correctly, Mickey's like uh, yelling at Pluto. And then he's like, oh, look at these cute little chipmunks, even though they're the ones yeah. that have been causing havoc. And I think there's like one part where there's these little like candles on the mantelpiece. And one of the chipmunks like uh, pretends he's a candle. And I think he's like afraid he's going to get lit on fire. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just very, very cute. And um, funny, and I love that one. Mm-hmm. And there's one last one. Do we have time for me to? Yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. Mm-hmm. There's one last one that's kind of a deep track. I haven't seen it in forever, so I can't even fully remember what it's about. But I just remember that I loved it as a kid. It's called "The Bears Who Saved Christmas." Wait, we? I yeah. think I remember that. And I was gonna say. I'm a, I'm about to blow your mind. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But that's so funny because earlier this year, because um, I was looking up um, uh, this uh, this voice actor named Charlie Adler, who's uh, mm-hmm. part of this, uh, who did a show called Cow and Chicken that me and Bethany really love. Okay. And he also, I think he like, he voice directed the Wild Thornberries. So he's mm-hmm. actually, he's actually really good friends with Tim Curry. But I was just like looking like, up his IMDb page. And I saw that he was, like, a few of the voices in that movie. Oh. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. so, I, I don't... And I believe, um, what's his name? Is his name Brad Garrett? The one who was on Everybody Loves Raymond? He played Raymond's brother. I you know think, who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I believe he played the voice of, like, he did the voice of... Uh, did he do the voice of a bear? The biggest thing that I remember is that there's two teddy bears and they're like trying to, to save Christmas for like a little boy and a little girl that I think they belong to. This is me like reaching into the recesses of my memory. <laughs> yeah. I, you see, um, I don't even I, like the only thing that I remember is that like a little like bear like almost drowns like in a in an like a bed of ice and then oh, they come and don't... rescue him or something, I think. I didn't even remember that part. I remembered the two bears, like, stumbling upon the cave of an actual real bear, and they're in trouble. Um, I think the kids are going to, like, visit their grandma. It's from the 90s. It's a little cartoon. I just remember that I loved it. Um, yeah, I'm, we're trying gonna to... Have to... I'm trying to look it up now. Yeah, oh, yeah, the Bears Who got... Saved Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, Brad, Brad Garrett is in it. Okay, yes, I thought so. I believe he plays an actual bear. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so for some reason, I, I believe the two children and their parents 
are like going, they're on their way to grandma's house. They get stranded maybe because of a snowstorm or something. And they have to go into this like cabin and it's Christmas Eve. And so like, they don't have any Christmassy things because they're just stranded in this random cabin. So the, the, the teddy bears like go into the woods to try to bring Christmas to them. Maybe they're trying to like bring a Christmas tree or something. Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I really want to try to rewatch it. I think it might even be on like YouTube or something. Yeah, I, I just remember that it was very cute and I was really into it. Um, so I just thought I'd blow your mind with that one a little bit in case it like suddenly sparked something in your memory. Yeah, that one. Yeah, again, that, I haven't seen that in years. But then like when I was looking up his uh, Charlie Adler's IMDb page, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's that movie that we used to watch. Yes. I was like, I, couldn't, I can't believe he did one of the voices in that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy. So those are, uh, you know, a couple of my favorite animated Christmas movies. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just some cute, heartwarming films. Cool. Uh, so today we're talking about uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Uh, so Mickey's Christmas Carol is an animated featurette released on December 16th, 1983. It's based on the novella A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. It was directed by Bernie Mattinson, who also worked on the screenplay with Tony L. Marino, Ed Gombert, Gombert, Don Griffith, Alan Young, and Alan Dinehart. It stars Alan Young, Wayne Alwine, Hal Smith, Will Ryan, Clarence Nash, Eddie Carroll, Patricia Paris, Dick Billingsley, and Hans Scholl. Um, the film is about a miserly duck named Ebenezer Scrooge, played by Scrooge McDuck, a banker <laughs> uh, working in London who is mean and stingy. He's so mean and stingy that he mistreats everyone in his life, especially his employee Bob Cratchit, played by Mickey Mouse. Uh, returning home from work on the night of Christmas Eve, he is visited by the ghost of his old business partner, Jacob Marley, played by Goofy. Marley warns Scrooge that if he does not change his ways, like him after he dies, he will be doomed to suffer as a ghost. He tells Scrooge he will be visited by three ghosts of Christmas's past, played by Jiminy Cricket, present, played by Willie the Giant, and future, played by Pete, who will guide Scrooge into his redemption. Um, So like we were saying at the beginning of this podcast that, um, you know, like Christmas films being special kind of films that you only watch once a year. So this is like another one of those like more personal films, I guess that I've chosen to to talk about on the show. And, uh, also why I, I chose to talk to you about it. Cause this is definitely a film that we both watched a lot growing yeah. up in the house. And that's the interesting thing about Christmas films is that they're not, they're, they're unlike other films and how you connect with them. Um, cause I mean, I, I guess cause like even with some of like your favorite films, like you don't even connect to them on like the same, in the same way that you, that you do a Christmas film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It can become part of your tradition. Yeah. And like it's woven into the fabric of your, memory of that time of year and of time spent with people that you love and when you're a kid that like hopefully if you're lucky at some point in your childhood Christmas feels a little bit magical and movies can be part of that yeah 
And it, well, it was really interesting too because when I sat, it was really interesting too because when I sat down this time to watch this film, I I was feeling that like like warm and fuzzy feeling of uh, feeling again that you know like you get when you watch a Christmas film, and I'm not even sure if like I. I've I've felt that way watching a movie in a in a while, so it was mm-hmm. kind of interesting to kind of experience that. And um, yeah, I don't know. And this is just a great film too. And um, uh, what what was your uh, experience like watching it this time around? Well, when I realized that it's only about twenty five minutes long, I was like, oh wow, they're gonna pack a lot. And you know, I remember certain parts of the film very vividly from watching it as a kid, watching it with our family. There are certain lines that I can just hear like mom and dad quoting, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like um, one of the things <laughs> dad just loves that quote of you spend your whole life making money, money and then someone wants to take it away yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I always just, whenever I, I always used to quote that cause dad would always like laugh yeah. so much when I, I, feel when like I did I can that your dad saying that line um so I definitely associate it with watching with our family and like a, mom and dad always found certain parts really funny because I think it is one of those movies that well first of all it's based on Charles Dickens mm-hmm. a Christmas Carol which is of course from you know the 19th century so um it's based on an older story and also some of the themes are kind of more about experiences that adults have, like working, you know, making money, having to pay bills, um, you know, having a terrible boss or whatever. Those yeah. are not necessarily like experiences that children hopefully have um, direct experience with, though they may watch their parents struggle with those things they don't necessarily have that, you know, that direct experience. So mm-hmm. it's one of those movies, I think, that when you, like, the like parents and kids can watch and there's different levels of humor. There's, like, very slapstick stuff for kids, like Goofy falling down the stairs. Mm-hmm. But then there's lines from the characters that I think parents might kind of laugh at. It's, I mean, it's, it's a lot of, like, dark humor. Yeah. You know, it starts out with, um, with Scrooge McDuck you know, one of the first things he says is that Marley left him money in his will um, for like his casket or whatever. But he, but he buried him at sea. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's so dark. Yeah, you know, um, and not something that I necessarily would have caught or really understood as a kid. So there's like those different layers, and then as an adult, also um, understanding the complexity of like. And we could get into this more later, but the Disney characters playing other characters became really interesting to me when yeah. I watched it this time. Yeah. Well, that was another thing, too. Like, I wasn't sure, like, when I was writing the synopsis, whether or not I should I should list the real actors playing yeah. the parts or if I should list the characters playing the characters. But I figured, well, I listed the the actors in the other part already. So I guess it'd be OK if I. Right did the other characters. Yeah, and well, and something that was interesting, you know, I mentioned to you earlier, so after I watched after I rewatched it recently, I then decided to see if there were any, you know, making of um any articles or videos about the making of the movie, and there actually is on YouTube, there's a a, a making of little uh 
um, show or I guess a little documentary. I don't know. There is a making of that's on YouTube that came out in 1984 with the VHS. And it's almost as long as the movie. It's like 24 minutes long. But one of the things that, you know, they, they interview the director and producer and the animators and the voice actors. And one of the things they talked about was like the challenge of, um, of, of having the Disney characters playing other characters. And so for instance, how do you make goofy kind of scary to Scrooge as Marley? Because he is supposed to be threatening, you know, he's supposed to shake up Scrooge, but he's goofy and goofy is like the opposite of scary and threatening. So like, how do you make it good? It's goofy, but it's goofy playing Marley. So, um, that was really interesting. I hadn't really thought about it as mm-hmm. much before, but it's interesting to hear them reflect on kind of choosing the right Disney characters, but then also choosing the right voice actors and choosing the right animators because they spoke about the animators actually being actors themselves because they're they're creating the, the facial expressions and the movements. So it was really interesting, actually. Yeah. It was interesting to hear the animators reflect on the challenge of, you know, picking the right Disney characters to play the right Christmas Carol characters, mm-hmm. um, picking the right voice actors, but also picking the right animators for the right characters because they spoke about how the animators are like actors themselves because they are creating the facial expressions and the body language and movements of the characters. And so one animator reflected on how when he started doing Scrooge in the beginning, he would, he would be all like hunched over his desk and he'd go home mm-hmm. with like a sore neck. <laughs> but then by the end, like Scrooge McDuck's um, movements became more like open and free when he was like happy and he would go home really happy at the end of the day. So yeah. it was interesting to hear them kind of reflect on like, the director and producer talked about choosing the right animator for the right character and then choosing the right character for the right character and yeah. choosing the right voice actor for the right character. Yeah. Um, and I, I, and I, and I was going to say too, like what you, cause what you were saying before about it being like a very like adult story for children. And when you said that, it kind of made me realize like, yeah, like it's not, I mean, obviously it wasn't really written for children, but like, it's just interesting how, like, growing up, like, we would watch these adaptations of that story, but, like, not really, like, like, we just kind of accepted it. We didn't really, like, mm-hmm. we didn't realize the, like, adult nature of the story. And it is a really, um, it is a really ad- adult story, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know how to explain it, really. Like, it, like... I mean, this is going to sound bad, but I feel like I kind of, I relate so much more to Scrooge now, yeah, obviously, no, you know, because it's just it's very, because really... it is a story, like, it's a story about, like, redemption, I guess, but it is also a story kind of about, like, loss, too, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, um, you know, like, he, I mean, he loses his, uh, you know, his fiance. And, um, I guess, like, his other friends, too. But I guess, like, the real tragedy of it is that, like, he doesn't even, like, he doesn't even, like, realize the, like, 
just how much he's like screwed up his life <laughs> as he yeah. as he goes along with it, you know. And I think it's also a story about industrialism and capitalism and how inhumane these systems can be to people and how they can kind of eat people up and harden people's hearts. But also like how just yeah, there's just so much like injustice and so much to just break your heart. It's so bleak to see um, how people can be treated and exploited and, and, um, and it is like this big machine that can just kind of grind people. And um, it's, yeah, it's really bleak. (laughs) Yeah. And even the way, I mean, in this, in this adaptation, in this Mickey Mouse adaptation, I don't know if this is in any other adaptation or not, but in the very beginning when the two characters come asking for money for the poor and Scrooge McDuck says to them, um, but if I if you give the if I give you money and you give the poor money, then they won't be poor anymore and you'll be out of a job. Don't ask me to do that to you on Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually like a very it's something that's something that people talk about when it comes to like nonprofit work or charity work or philanthropy. It's this idea that um, some, there are people who make a living from, you know, helping the less fortunate quote unquote and like how do you do that in a way that isn't actually exploiting them anyway it's like this very kind of like deep philosophical thing that is kind of thrown into this and he's using that in an ironic way like he's making a joke to kind of like uh squirm out of giving them money but it also is just this actual thing that people will debate and have these high level philosophical conversations about of like what is the best way to um help people who don't have money or food or housing like things that they really need is it about giving charity or is it about changing the systems that create that sort of inequity in the first place and i think a christmas carol just shows like these big systems that create all this inequity and it's so heartbreaking and um anyway it's like a little bit of uh, it's a little bit harder to watch as an adult when you're like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, especially like there. when I like, like so many days I like feel just like so much like screwed where I'm just like, just like fuck off. Like I'm not in the mood for any of this yeah. bullshit today, you know, but it, it really is interesting, which I guess which, which is what makes it so interesting to watch it as an adult. But also I feel like it's also kind of like, it's a film or well film and story too. also kind of, I guess about how, you know, like it's hard to like, like we forget because we're so caught up in ourselves. A lot of the time it, we forget about our fellow man and we forget how to treat yeah. our fellow man. Yeah. And Christmas is a holiday that kind of, um, it kind of forces us to kind of like take a step back and be like, Oh, like, you know, like, is this really the person I want to be, like, 24-7, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's interesting to watch it, you know, this week. We just came out of, like, the Black Friday, or now it's, like, Black Week of, you know, cyber sales and all that. And and then um, 
there's Giving Tuesday, which is, you know, when it comes after all the the post Thanksgiving, you know, pre-Christmas sales. And then it's like, all right, now Giving Tuesday, now it's time to donate money. And um, so we're, we're right in this time of like doing a lot of holiday shopping, but also thinking about, you know, where do you want to give to? And um, it can be such a frenzied time of spending money and buying things and consuming and um, trying to show people you love them by picking the perfect gift, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just interesting to reflect on there are, it's, there's always this paradox. There are so many Christmas, Christmas movies that are like anti consumerism, at least in this, you know, the storyline features some form of someone saying it's not about the things, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and just trying to find a balance of, um, I don't know, like there, there's something so angelic about like tiny Tim, you know, has mm-hmm. so little and not everybody, it, it, it's not, it's not right or fair to even expect everyone to be like tiny Tim because no mm-hmm. one should have to put up with this crap, you know, yeah. <laughs> no one should have to put up with someone like Scrooge treating them so badly with a smile on their face. And at the same time, I think it just speaks to the dignity of people that there's more to people than, um, than the circumstances that they are living in and the, the hand that's dealt to them or, you know, like there's something about people's spirits that can't be bought or sold or, um, crushed. Like there's some sort of light that people can keep on. And, um, so it's all, a tr- it's a tricky thing, but it, it actually made me think about, I just watched Knives Out last mm-hmm. weekend for the first time that yeah. came out last year. Have you seen Knives Out? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I went to go see that with John when it first came out it was great and it's so good and it's kind of it it has some very similar themes because Mm -hmm. in knives out you have this very wealthy family with a lot of privilege and resources and they're awful to each other yeah and you have this character who is not that privileged does not have the same resources but she has a kind heart and and that's something that um comes up in in Mickey's Christmas Carol. There's a couple times where Scrooge McDuck is like, I don't care about kindness or you know, like, yeah. and uh, Jiminy Cricket says to him, Oh, like the, if if kindness were the measure of the man's character, you would be a grain of sand or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he goes when he takes him to see Fezziwig, like the Christmas past when he's at Fezziwig's, he. Um, He's like, oh, Fezziwig, he was the kindest man I ever knew or like the kindest boss I ever had. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting because he goes from saying, ah, kindness, like scoffing at it yeah. to, um, oh, that was the kindest boss I ever had. And he kind of lights up, but he's just forgotten, you know, he's gotten yeah. so far away from it. Mm-hmm. And and we, we've definitely met people in real life who are a lot like Scrooge, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Um, Scrooge is always, like, one of those characters where, like, I always wish, like, I don't know, like, I feel like we, we never really get the full story of Scrooge, really. Mm. Like, we get, like, like, we, we, we see, like, flashes of what happened, but we don't really know exactly what happened to make him 
the right. way he was. Although I guess it was just kind of because he was poor in the beginning, so like he became that's why he became so obsessed with money eventually. So I guess that was why, I but I don't know. I always assumed that maybe there was also like some daddy issues there as well. Yeah, and this this adaptation doesn't show anything really about his past. I mean, I think this adaptation assumes that you are very familiar with the story of mm-hmm. A Christmas Carol, and it's kind of about the fun of seeing these these characters that you know and love playing them and getting some like pretty good jokes in, you know, mm-hmm. it's like I said, there's a lot of, there's like slapsticky moments. It's all, it's kind of like a caricature of the story in that they really like amp stuff up. Um, it's not even that far from things that Scrooge really says and does, but it's just like turned up a little bit. Like it's that much more ridiculous. Like, um, he has the memory of Isabella coming to him and saying, I've been waiting and I have the honeymoon cottage and I've been waiting. Do you want to marry me? Or whatever she says. And he's like, you were one hour late with your last mortgage payment. (laughs) I'm foreclosing. He forecloses (laughs) on the honeymoon cottage. And like, it's, it's so darkly funny. It's so ridiculous. Not that much farther from like real Scrooge things, but they just make it a little bit more um, cartoonish and, um, ridiculous so i think they really rely on you being familiar with the story yeah um and then they just kind of make it fun and funny and um and then also heartwarming as well i mean it is really impressive too how they're how they're how they were able to just like condense the whole story into just like a 20 minute special or maybe not even 20 minutes like 15 minutes right i'm not i'm not sure i think it's 25 minutes around there yeah yeah, so it's really quick. Yeah, yeah. but and they it do is... manage to get some really good like lines in there. Like I, I do love that line about Jimmy Cricket saying, you know, the measure of a man's if a measure of the man of a man's character is kindness, your grain of sand, or or when um he says, you fashioned these memories yourself. Yeah, that really struck me this time. Like I heard that again when when Scrooge McDuck is really upset about the memories that he's seen, like what he did to Isabella mm-hmm. and Jimmy Cricket says, you fashioned these memories yourself. Um, it really does make you think, I think, you know, you can see Scrooge as a villain, but like you said, you can also identify, I think he's not really a villain. Like, I think you are meant to also identify with him and, um, and think about redemption and think, yeah, what, what do I want to be able to look back on? What memories do I want to fashion now? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So, uh, did you take any notes this time around? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So my first note was that Scrooge McDuck is just so fucking funny. He's so funny. <laughs> he really, like, I don't know, like, I, and it's definitely one of the very, like interesting interpretations of Scrooge because it's like, yeah, he has to be mean and he has to be kind of menacing, but I don't know. He's just very funny too. There's mm-hmm. just something about him that's very funny. Uh Oh yeah. Like that, that moment I was talking about where he's saying to the people collecting for the poor that, you know, Oh, I don't want to put you, don't ask me to put you out of a job on Christmas. Like yeah. he's very sly and he has this like dark sense of humor that he's kind of chuckling to himself at other yeah. people. Well, I guess, I, I like, also... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I think it's interesting because, like, because he's not like because like a lot of the time when people play Scrooge, he's he's just like 
kind of like robotic. Like he mm. doesn't smile at all. He's very his voice is very low, almost like a whisper mm. kind of. But this Scrooge doesn't do that. He's very well, no pun intended. He's very animated. Yeah. And he's very like he like cracks like not jokes, but like these quips. And like he's uh Yeah, I don't know. He's just yeah. <laughs> yeah, you he know. is he's funny and um and I think something interesting that I learned from the making of the movie is that the voice actor who played him was born and raised in Scotland, but then he worked really hard to get rid of his Scottish accent when he moved to America. Really? And then he, you know, he heard that they needed a Scottish accent for Scrooge McDuck. And he was like, sign me up. That's so, so funny. I thought that was an interesting little piece of trivia. Yeah. Another interesting thing that I noticed this time around while watching it, too, was that in the background of the counting house, you can see that there's a sign that that says talk is cheap in the background. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. Yeah, I noticed it. It was it's just really funny. I love Donald Duck's part in this, too. I think that is like my favorite part of the whole show (laughs) is like when like when scrooge literally just like kicks him out of the house and you just hear like his scream in the background (laughs) and but like he does like he like not only does he get kicked out but like his body goes like upwards (laughs) so it's like he like he goes up into the sky and like but and like we when i was watching it this time around you know our family was present so like we like like we rewatched that like three times because we were just like mm-hmm. we were laughing so hard at that part so funny yeah and visually it's very entertaining the whole yeah. movie and um even the way like i mean this is later on but when the giant like turns the lamppost into a flashlight like yeah. there's those little like disney magic things that are really clever and fun to watch. But the the thing that made me laugh a lot about Donald Duck um, as Fred is when in the beginning, when he says something, I don't know what he said because he's impossible to understand. And then Mickey or Mickey as Bob Cratchit says, well said Fred. Yeah. <laughs> Look what he say. It's like unintelligible. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was And really he's funny. like, and he's so like optimistic too. Mm-hmm. And like, Scrooge McDuck just, like, kicks the shit out of him. <laughs> I know, I know. Which yeah. is very true to the original character. Yeah, no, well. but that's what's so funny about it. It's like, like obviously, like, in the in the original story, like, Scrooge doesn't do that. But if Scrooge was a cartoon, he would do something like that. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is what makes it so funny. And, of course, that quote, you know, like, you work all your life to get money. And people just want you to give it away. <laughs> yes. Another thing that I uh, yeah, think is great another thing that I think is really good too is just like the animation, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and like uh, the thing that that I really loved this time around watching it was just like the look of the snow falling down with like the the clock tower in the background. I don't know. There's something about like the way that the snow is animated that that really like um, yeah. gets to me. Yeah, and. Um... Even just the scenes where there's the snow, the snowy dark night, but peering into, you know, like peering into Fezziwigs like that. Any time that there's that warmth and light coming out from 
um, or even even Bob Cratchit's home. You know, they have that fire going and Scrooge is peering into the window. And, yeah, the the warmth of looking in from the, the snowy, dark night outside is really beautiful, too. Yeah. And this was actually something that Dad said when we were watching it this time around. He was like, uh, he said, like, the detail in the animation is incredible. Yeah, it is. And, uh, yeah, it really is. <laughs> It was really interesting to watch the making of and and just be reminded of how much goes into drawing yeah. these animations. And um, they they showed the archive that they could go to. I'm sure it's different now. It's, I, well, I don't know for sure, but maybe it's digitized or I don't know. But um, in this documentary from 1984, they showed how the animators could go into this big archive and they could just pull out. I mean, this huge like shelves and shelves of um, these uh, of pages of animations that they could go to to refer to. So the the person who animated Mickey for this film, it was his first time animating Mickey. And so he could go and look at um, kind of the evolution of Mickey over the years and get inspiration mm -hmm. from you know, the person before him who would animate Mickey. And, and he even pointed out like how Mickey had evolved over the years from, you know, not having, just having button eyes to being the Mickey with pupils that made it, made him more, made it better for them to make him more expressive and pointing out things like that. And also that this was Mickey's first uh, film since 1953. So it had been like 30 years. Oh, wow. Since really? Mickey had done a film. Mm hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was also thinking too, and this is gonna, it's going back to the length of the film. I kind of wish I had mentioned this earlier, but when, I, when, when I watched it as a kid, like I never really noticed like how fast it all went. Like to me, like it, yeah. it seemed long. I mean, your kids are, you're going to think that things are longer, but like, I don't know, like the way that I, the way that I watched it, I always felt it went on longer than it actually did. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. same. I was so surprised by it, by the length when I was going to start it. And I thought it was 25 minutes. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I also really love the animal band in it. Yes. Are they? Me they're too. just so, they're so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mean at Fezziwig's party? Yeah, at Fezziwig's party. Toad, the toad, something about the toad is really cute. Yeah. And they put other like recognizable characters into that party scene i believe from other movies that they mm. had done um yeah yeah and you know what's interesting about juxtaposing you know scrooge mcduck and mickey mouse mickey mouse's bob cratchit is um mickey mouse really is such a bob cratchit guy like mickey mouse is like the ultimate nice guy like <laughs> really yeah. um just the perfect foil to scrooge it's always the mascots that play Bob Cratchit. Mm, you realize that? Cause yeah. also, cause, uh, because Kermit plays Bob Cratchit in the Muppets one. So, That's right. Yeah, That's it's, right. It's, and Kermit is very similar to Mickey yeah. and it being like very inoffensive. <laughs> yeah. But it is like really funny too, like how like almost like everybody has tried to do their own like variation of this yeah. story. Like and like it literally goes down to like Mickey Mouse and the Muppets. 
yeah. even doing oh, it. Oh, yeah, they're the most iconic, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Mupp- a Muppet's Christmas Carol is, like, pretty definitive. <laughs> yeah, that, might, that actually might be my favorite version of it. Yeah. Um, and, like, the thing about, and even the thing about that one, too, is that it's not afraid to be, like, dark. Like, it doesn't, right. it doesn't talk dumb to its audience just because it's a Muppets film. And it's right. really interesting, too, because when they were, because even when they were making it, Michael Caine was, like, saying how, like, well, you know, I'm not going to treat it like I'm doing a Muppets thing. I'm just going to treat it like mm-hmm. I do any other film mm-hmm. I'm doing. So that's really, and we're talking more about the Muppets one I now. Know, but, I know, Yeah, it's but. It's so hard not to, though. It's really hard not to think about that adaptation when watching any other, for me, anyway, because it's so good. But, yeah, even with this one, like, I was wondering, oh, yeah, I couldn't quite remember, like, how are they going to handle the whole like Christmas future and tiny Tim thing? Like, are they actually going to say that he's dead? Because I don't know for sure, but I I couldn't decide it. Like if it was made today, a little Disney short, would they kill tiny Tim in the future? You know, like how would they handle it? And they did. And it's so sad when Mickey as Bob Cratchit is standing at the grave with the little, um, what's it called? The little, the not cane, the crutch, yeah, the little crutch. crutch. Yeah. And his eyes are full of tears. Oh my, and he's oh, just kind of sleeping yeah. and um, Minnie and the other kids walk away. It's so heartbreaking. So, and then at the very end when um, Scrooge is literally dangling over a flaming coffin, you know, mm. it's some dark stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that part, like, it, that part really gets to me. Yeah. With the tears in his eyes. And the tiny Tim of this... Uh, one is actually probably like my favorite <laughs> tiny tim he's the cutest thing ever he is so cute and it, i love how um you know scrooge says like to i think i can't remember if it's to jiminy cricket or one of the other ghosts but he says no one has ever shown me generosity like you know, yeah no one has ever shown me generosity because the someone's saying you you've never been you're not generous and he says, no one's ever shown me generosity. And then you see, you know, you see the Cratchits and their home. And Tiny Tim says, thank you, Mr. Scrooge, for yeah. this meal. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. Um, oh, it's just like, it, it, it's an interesting thing to think about. It's so easy to, to only think about the times that people haven't shown you generosity or haven't been kind to you. It's really easy to overlook the times when people have been generous or kind to you. And even there are things that we don't know. Like we don't even know the times that people maybe are saying a kind word about us when we're not there or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And it's just a very, it's just different lenses of looking at the world, you know, like either through this scarcity mindset that Scrooge has of just everyone's against me and it's, I just got to be for myself and all of that versus like the Cratchits who, see um they actually see generosity where he's really not generous at all (laughs) yeah well he's well i think like tiny tim is i think like the yin to scrooge's yang yeah because like they're both the they both represent something about humanity Mm. and scrooge represents like one side of humanity and tiny tim represents like the other yeah side of humanity and they both kind of they they reflect each other in that yeah. kind of way you know and and the 
it's interesting because Scrooge says when he sees Teddy Tim, he says, what's wrong, what's wrong with that kind lad? You know, originally Scrooge is scoffing at kindness and then he's going, oh, Fezziwig was the kindest man I ever knew. And then he's saying he's recognizing immediately that Tiny Tim is kind. And so clearly that does mean something to him, you know? Yeah. Basically, if you want anybody to change, just show them like a little child (laughs) who's like sick. and Tiny Tim is like the most vulnerable, you know, um, person in the story because he's he's a poor child who also has a disability um or who is sick you know and he's just yeah he's so vulnerable and yet he's still kind yeah and so he has something that scrooge doesn't (laughs) yeah and and it's another one of those things where like it's like scrooge like has everything and nothing at the same yeah. time. He has money, you know, he has a house. Uh, but he doesn't have anybody in his life. Yeah, really. not only is his house devoid of any other people, it's not even, like, warm. Like, he's cold, like, it's this dark, cold, drafty, empty house, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's like he doesn't even, you know, he's being stingy uh, even in his own home. He, like, what, what is it worth having all that money if you can't eat, you're not even going to light a fire for yourself, you yeah. know? Actually, well, I, when as we were, like, talking about this, I kind of realized that this story does parallel a lot with um, Citizen Kane. Have mm. you ever seen Citizen Kane? I haven't, actually. Well, you, you have to see it. It's, yeah. it's I mean, it's... Yeah, it it was it was called the greatest movie ever made uh for a reason. So mm. like well it was funny cuz when I was taking my uh I was taking a film class at college and that was one of the films that uh my teacher showed to us. And um you know, like going into it I was like, oh, you know, Citizen Kane like it's talked about so much, but then like I watched it and I was just like, oh, like it's just really a great Mm. film and again it's it's very similar to christmas carol and the way that it deals with like themes about like you know uh like what like the real important things in life yeah are and how you know sometimes you know like consumerism and how we um you know use consumer consumerism a lot of the times to make ourselves happy even though yeah. deep down it I guess, like, it doesn't really. And, you know, and Scrooge and Citizen Kane are both, like, characters that are very similar in that, like, you know, like, they both, we both see their their lives throughout the story, and then uh, Citizen, you know, we both see them as old men in the end, and they're both kind of, like, reflecting on their lives, so. And Citizen Kane is, you know, very rich, and, you know, Mm. that stuff, but he's not really happy, so. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I think it really does go back to, like, this commentary on just these systems that we live in that are so um, difficult to for people to keep their humanity and for everyone to really have what they need to live a good life. And it's really hard to watch. It is really hard to watch, especially when you think about how many people in the past and currently are really living in... Um, 
without basic things that they need, it's just really heartbreaking, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. I'm curious what you think about kind of the, the, the character like Bob Cratchit and Tiny Tim being just very kind and optimistic even, and, um, and really generous and, and kind of similar to the character of Marta in Knives Out, like surrounded by these wealthy, greedy, you know, awful people and still kind of choosing to do, to try to do the right thing and be kind and be compassionate um, versus being like, screw you, you know, <laughs> like versus being justifiably, like, especially with Bob Cratchit and Tiny Tim, like, we don't see a lot of anger from them. Yeah. Uh, I think that's actually hinted at and more in the, in, in the Muppets Christmas Carol, Miss Piggy is an angry Mrs. Cratchit, right? She's like, I'll tell you what I think about, you know, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like, do you think it's damaging to show them as like these angelic kind of like poor, you know, people who are just like, I don't know. What do you what do you think about that? I'm just curious. Versus pe them being like angry or and obviously this is a Disney cartoon. So, of course, they're going to they're not going to like show an angry tiny Tim or something. But I'm just curious generally. What well, because I think that. that they're they're trying to show I think it's important to show them as they are because they're trying to show you that like, you know, and again, this is like this is kind of quoting Dumbledore a little bit, but it's like even in like the shittiest situations yeah. you can find happiness and i think yeah. that that's what they're and again it goes back to what we were saying before i was like you know scrooge is so rich you know and he has all these things but he doesn't really have anything really and the cratchits don't really own anything that great but they have each other so yeah yeah, yeah. and i think what's important about it is that it's not a story about like teaching the Cratchits to be grateful for what they have. It's a story about teaching Scrooge to live differently and be more generous with people. <laughs> so it's like, it's not about, um, Oh, the point isn't the, like changing the, the, like, you know, teaching the poor characters to just be content. Um, the point is trying to change the heart of someone who is greedy and miserly. I think what I'm just thinking about as I watch the, movie is that you know it's based on a dickens story so it's not an entirely disney story um but there's that that trope of like oh you know life's not a disney movie and um the idea of like the characters who are poor and really suffering from this inequitable society having just like such a generous such generous kind uncomplaining uh spirits and personalities and it's like it's a trope that I think isn't entirely fair because real human beings who are suffering like that are not always going to be smiling and optimistic. Um, and at the same time, it says something important about people's spirits and um, that you're not entirely defined by the material things that you do or don't have. So I think I'm just holding that um, tension of like, I'm really happy to see that depiction of, you know, it's not, um, money can't buy happiness or love or connection but at the same time i'm just also thinking about how it's important to have enough food and medical care and 
um, fair working conditions and no one should have to suffer from those things. And they certainly shouldn't have to suffer like little angels. So that's just everything that I hold when I see any, any adaptation of the story. Obviously this is a children's cartoon, so I'm not expecting them to like, <laughs> um, be super sophisticated about it. But that's just when I think about the story of a Christmas Carol, that's like the tension that I hold. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a valid point. Um But yeah, I think and you know, as far as we know, they're not always like that. That's true. Know? That's true. They're probably We just, also don't know what like, their thoughts are, you know. Yeah. They might just be like that on Christmas. But again Or to each other. Yeah. But yeah, I think my point before was that I guess they show us that because they're trying to also show that even Without much, you can still be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that... And it is... I think it is also, when it comes to stories, it can be very inspiring to see characters that are really kind and really generous and um, who have really beautiful spirits. Like, it is an inspiring thing to see. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is just very impressive uh you know just like you know from the animation and how they you know condensed it to 20 minutes and they get their point across very well um but i think it also just goes to show too that like even like uh that's i guess like that's what makes the story so great is that even though even when you cut so much out of it you still get a lot out of it so yeah, it's true. It's such a, um, it's such an iconic story and like part of our mythology and culture now. And, and yeah, you're right. I mean, the, they do it so well. They really managed to get the heart of the story into such a short period of time. And they, they do add, like you said, no pun intended, but it is such an animated, <laughs> literally animated, um, telling of it where where even Scrooge has more like energy and humor about him and um visually it's just really it's like fun and interesting and even beautiful at times to watch and um and they really picked the perfect Disney characters for the roles like I had forgotten that Jiminy Cricket was the ghost of Christmas past yeah and he is so perfect because we know Jiminy Cricket as like one just a total optimist but also like the voice of your conscience um like in pinocchio he's kind of like the voice of his conscience right and um it works so well for showing scrooge his past because um jimmy cricket just is that little voice in his ear going hey <laughs> yeah <laughs> look at what you did you know you gotta mm-hmm. come to terms that you gotta take responsibility these were choices that you made so yeah Okay, well, uh, this has been Cinemaniac Jack. I'm your host, Jack. Today's guest co-host was Toria. Thank you for having me. Cool. Uh, See you next time. Happy holidays, everybody. Yeah.